So I'm mic checking this and I think I got everything right. I plugged everything right. I followed the YouTube video. I I don't know. I'm do, I'm doing this for the very first time without Brian. So Brian, man, you need to we need to figure something out. No, I'm kidding. I think I think we got it, dude. I think uh I let's fuck it. Let's see how let's see how it goes. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and welcome everybody to another episode of Thinking Twice, a post-grad life podcast from a multicultural lens. I am your host, Jesus Aleman, and welcome to the social distancing series of the show. So pretty much, (laughs) uh, I'm going to go a little bit off format here just because obviously social distancing, so I can't have any guests. I'm not even in the studio. I'm not even at Brian's apartment right now. I'm actually in the comfort of my own room. Uh, I got a mic. I got a garage band. I said, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's just record something so I could put out some content out there so that I could help people get distracted a little bit. Right. Maybe tell a little story about myself that will hopefully be funny and, and motivating. I don't know. <laughs> but really, I just want to distract you all from from this madness that's going on outside of your door. This whole COVID-19 coronavirus. It's it's insane. It's insane. Nevertheless, let's just keep moving forward. I won't get into, I'm not going to get into current events because, like I said, there's only one big thing going on around the world, and that's COVID-19, and that's that. But let's get, let's get straight into it. I put a little Q&A together that I'm going to be reading off and just answering the questions that I, that I read, and hopefully they'll be, they'll be good ones. I, I, I skimmed through it fast. I, I didn't see all of them. So if you didn't hear the first episode, I actually covered a little bit about my time in the Marine Corps. So I joined right after high school back in 2010, and I stayed in it for four years up until 2014, and that's when I got out. I was stationed in Camp Pendleton, California for most of my time. I did one deployment, and I served for two units, uh, 3rd Battalion, 1st Marines, Thunder and 3rd, and 1st Supply Battalion. So. Let me read off these questions and we'll go, we'll go through them. So this first question here, when did you enlist and where were you living at the time? So I was in Houston. Obviously, this is where I'm from. H-Town, hold it down. <laughs> uh, I was going, I was a junior going to senior at Jefferson Davis High School, or it's now called Northside High School, which is, which is totally cool uh, because Jeff- Jefferson Davis was a, uh, the Southern president of the Confederate States, but you know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was young. I was, um, in high school pretty much. I was 17, 18. And that's where I was. So this next question is, is a big one. Why, why did you join? So I think to understand this, the reason and why I joined is I didn't know anyone that went to college, right? I was, I'm the oldest one in my family. My parents didn't go. So I didn't know anybody that went to college. I didn't think I could afford college because I I would always hear that it was crazy expensive. So I was like, okay, college is probably not going to be for me, especially too, because I didn't think I had the, the brains for it. I didn't think I was smart enough or I just didn't think I I had what it took to go to college. Right. One of the reasons why college wasn't an option. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. 
that was another thing. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't, I didn't know if I would. So let's say I would have went to college. Well, what was I going to major in? I have no idea. So I, I just didn't know. And I didn't want to deal through that whole process of studying for the SAT, ACT, writing letters to schools for the admissions office. Like I just didn't want to go through all that. So that was one of the reasons I was being, in 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 a sense, I was being lazy with the whole college thing. And so a recruiter called me, and I didn't answer. He left a voicemail at my grandma's house. I don't I don't even know how he got my grandma's number, but anyways, he called my grandma's house. I wasn't there. He left a voicemail. My grandma gave it to my dad. My dad gave it to me, and I, my dad said, "Hey, you should probably." Call that recruiter and see what he has to offer. Maybe learn a little bit more about the Marine Corps. So I think one of the reasons he said that was because I had, at at that time, I already had one cousin in the Marine Corps and one cousin in the Navy. So they were both doing good. So, he, you know, why not nudge me a little bit? <laughs> so then I, I gave him a call and I met this, the recruiter, and he was just the coolest person I've ever met. This guy was chill. We joked. We laughed. He barely even brought up the Marine Corps when we would hang out. He would just talk about what I did, you know, what my hobbies and, and whatnot. And so eventually we started talking more about the Marine Corps. I got to know him and, and I was like, you know what? That doesn't sound that bad. He told me about the benefits. He told me about the possibility of traveling. And I just got hyped. You know what it is too. <laughs> it's when they take you to the recruiting station and they show you the the Marine Corps dress blues, and damn it, that is one of the sexiest uniform out there. I, I, oh man, I saw that thing and I was like, man, I wanna, I wanna wear that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I joined the dress blues. No, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, I just didn't know what to do with my life, and I, just to recap all that is. Really, I just joined because I didn't know what to do, and I figured that the Marine Corps would be a way out of Houston, and I could learn some new experiences, and or I'm sorry, I could gain new experiences and, and learn new things, you know? Uh, this next question is, why did you pick the service of branch? I mean, I guess I kind of covered that with with the uniform. <laughs> no, but also the, the United States Marine Corps. It's it's one of the smallest branches of the the military, and it's the most effective one. It's the most badass one, or at least that's how they sold it to me. And I figured if I'm going to do something, I might as well do the toughest one. Now, if you were to ask me, would you do it again? Would you pick another branch? I probably would definitely pick another branch. <laughs> but, you know, at the time, I just wanted to do the baddest shit ever, and, and that was the Marine Corps. This next question is, do you recall your first days in the service? All the time. All the time. You know, it's funny because now, now that I've been out for a while, they kind of just seem like dreams, kind of. But I just remember, sometimes I'll dream about them. But I, I just remember like those first days, how, how it felt like I was in a movie. Because everything was so old school in the Marine Corps. And then, like I mentioned, it's one of the, the the smallest branches. So it's like really low budgeted. And some of the buildings that they had at the time in 2011, like there were some buildings that didn't have AC or like the dorms that I stayed in didn't have AC at all. I mean, granted, we were in California and all you need is a fan. But still, like 
super old school buildings. It felt like I was in a World War II movie or something. Uh, the uniforms were, you know, just like the ones you see in 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 the film. So, yeah, I still remember it was. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And then, you know, I would go through a training and do something. You know something I've never done like throw a grenade or something and then that night I'll be like holy shit I'm actually here and I still remember putting on my camis the first time you put on your camis and and you, you see the patch with the U.S. Marine on, on on your left chest or right chest I don't I don't remember and then you see your last name on the other one. Oh man that was just the greatest feeling ever um but yeah those those are some of the memories I have from my my first days in the service boot camp was another crazy um well i mean boot camp set it off boot camp was what what started all this uh those three months were were intense they were hard obviously but you know it was like a it was like a rebirth kind of i literally dumped everything that i knew and just reprogrammed my brain with all marine corps knowledge not you know not to the extreme but (laughs) But, I mean, you're cut out from the world. You don't have a cell phone. I mean, the only communication you have with your family or, or your friends, it's it's through writing letters, which I did. And you get to know your, you know, you get to know the person to your left, to your right, and you make the best out of it, right? You build that camaraderie and you do the best to motivate each other. I, I could do another, like, I could do another podcast episode on boot camp. We'll see. We'll see. I'll put I'll put it on the uh, on the maybe list. Do you remember your your drill instructors? I do. All four of them, and they were crazy. I never ran into I never ran into them when I was in the fleet, but you know I shook their hands when I graduated and thanked them and dip. I was gone. I was out. <laughs> but they were good guys. They were, they were great guys. Do I have a favorite one? I guess the one that I remember the most is uh. Drill, drill instructor, uh, Sergeant Snipe, 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 I forgot, but that dude was crazy. One of the craziest drill instructors I ever had. And then this next question is, how did you get through it? So I, I covered that a little bit. You know, you just hang out with the person to your left, to your right, your bunk mate, and, and you get to know each other. It's funny though, because all the Hispanics like huddle in, in one corner and we get to know all of us, you know, we get to know all each other and you know, you meet Mexicans from California and from Arizona and New Mexico and, you know, from Dallas and or wherever. And you're like, holy shit, like we're we're the same, but we're different. You know, like the West Coast is, you know, West Coast Mexicans are way different from, you know, Texas Mexicans. So um, that was really interesting. But no, 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 you know, you 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 push through together. You you make all these friends and. The first weeks are hard, I, I think. So boot camp is split into three phases and i think phase one is the the one that's mentally challenging right because you have to adapt to a new environment you have to adapt to a new lifestyle so i think phase one was really the toughest one mentally and phase two was more physically hard because now like you're actually doing phase two is actually the one that i think was actually more physically hard because you're actually doing like going out to the field, hiking. Phase two was always more uh, physically tough for me. And then phase three was more enjoyable, although it sucked. But, you know, it was a combination of phase one and two. 
but you know, it's, it, you actually start enjoying it. You start being happy. You start getting used to being away from home and you're like, you know what? This ain't bad. This ain't bad. And also because the finish line is near the end, you kind of just have that to, uh, bring you up, you know, motivate you more. So those are, those are the, you know, that's how I dealt with, with bootcamp. So this next question, where exactly did you go? So I, I traveled a lot with the Marine Corps. I went to California for the first time to San Diego, MCRD San Diego. Yay. yay. <laughs> and then from there, I went to the East Coast for the very first time to North Carolina, which was par- probably at the time the farthest north I ever, I've ever been. I saw snow there for the, like, a lot of snow for the first time. And then I went back to California because that's where I was stationed at. And then in my deployment, I got to go on this thing called the MU, a Marine Expeditionary Unit. The best way to describe the MU is it's kind of like America's 911 call. So what, what it's composed of is there's a, there's a few boats, and they carry Marines and sailors because the boats are part of the Navy. And they sail, they sail around the world. And in case of a crisis or, you know, something crazy, you know, some shit goes down or whatever, there's already a fleet ready to go into action wherever it is. So that's pretty, that, you know, that's a quick summarization of what a Mew is. So I went on one of those and when I was in it, we got to go to Hawaii. I actually spent the night in, in, in Pearl Harbor and our ship was docked in Pearl Harbor, which honestly, that was really pretty fucking cool. You just get a patriotic pride. You, you you feel patriotic being there uh, and just looking at the ships and remembering those who who have come before us. But that was really a, a pretty cool, pretty cool experience. And then from there, we went to Singapore. Then we went to the Middle East and we were in Jordan, Bahrain. Djibouti, which is in Africa. I didn't get off there though. I stayed in the boat. Djibouti. Jordan. Did I say Jordan? I might have said Jordan. Anyways, I was I went I went to the Petra. It was really cool. <laughs> we had a beer day at sea. And then we went to Malaysia, Hong Kong. We wrapped it up back in back in Hawaii and then we went we were back in California. And so that's pretty much where I went with the Marine Corps. Do you remember arriving and what it was like? Oh my god, the the when when I came back from deployment was the best feeling ever. It was amazing. Um I remember when I came back, I came back. So we left what what was it? 2011, November 2011 and we got back June, July no, I think it was June, June 2012. And I came back and it felt amazing being in the States, but also confusing because there was so much shit that we missed. Like Instagram was already big when I came back. I think Snapchat was just starting. I don't remember, but I remember Instagram was the biggest thing. I was like, what the fuck is Instagram? Uh, and then people would, you know, they they would use the the YOLO acronym a lot. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell does that mean? Uh, I just remember being frustrated, not knowing. 
uh, so much music that we missed, so many movies that came out and we didn't even get to watch. So it was it was a little it was a little weird catching up, uh, just because we were cut out from society for for months and getting back into the groove uh, with all these new apps, new references to pop culture and and stuff. So it was it was it was it was pretty funny, but that feeling coming back was was amazing. And it's funny because like. Everything looked the same, but we were gone for a few months, and I don't know. I don't know. But I remember coming back home, and like I didn't, I couldn't sleep the night before because I was so excited to finally touch land, to finally get off that ship and just enjoy California. <laughs> Let's see, this next question is, so this next question is, what was your job or assignment like? So I joined as a logistics marine, specifically a warehouse marine clerk. Now, I didn't get to choose this MOS. I went into the Marine Corps open contract. So what that meant was that after boot camp, I was based on the Marine Corps needs that were going to assign me a job. So around that time, they needed supply Marines. So I did logistics, specifically warehouse, warehouseman clerk. And the easy way, the best way to describe it, I mean, we were pretty much like the, the UPS of the Marine Corps or the FedEx. We were on the ground supplying uh the infantry and it was uh you know it was a pretty kick-ass job and you know what they say bullets don't fly without supply <laughs> but it was fun I was, I was i got you know like i mentioned i was with an infantry unit so that was really fun being with them and just we were like the front line of supply because you know logistics breaks into different tiers and and levels so that's what well, that's what i did So let's move to these next set of questions, which are more about the social aspect of being in the Marine Corps, you know, what was life like, um, you know, your social life, whatever. So here here we go. Here we go. How did you stay in touch with your family? So like I mentioned in boot camp, we would write letters. Deployment, I would send emails or whenever I would stop at a port, I would, you know, buy a card and, and call home. And when I was in California, I mean, easy, just cell phone. I'd call my dad and and my mom every Sunday, or I would try to at least. But yeah, and social media makes it easy to keep in touch with your family and friends. So that's that's how I kept up with everything. Uh, What was the food like? The chow hall food or or the cafeteria food was phenomenal. A one, I loved it. I missed one of the things that I missed most about the Marine Corps is the chow hall. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Yeah, no, one of the one of the mo- one of the things that I miss most about the Marine Corps is the the chow hall. Funny. But no, the food was great. MREZO, the meal ready to eat, the the those meals that you get when you go to the field. No, I hate those. Although there were some good flavor ones, like the chili mac was probably my favorite one. I would do whatever I could to get that one or the buffalo chicken. Didn't like the clam chowder. <laughs> Did not like the clam chowder one. But other than that, I mean, food was great. Did you feel pressure or stress? Yeah, all the time, 100%. 100% you would always feel pressure or stress. Mostly, I think the most stressful I ever was was right before my deployment, like those two weeks before I like I have to pack everything up and uh, put my stuff in storage and fill out all this crazy paperwork and not knowing where you're going to go, not knowing when you're going to come back. I think that was the most stressful I ever was. 
I would get sleep paralysis at night because I, I, I was just so nervous and, and stress. Uh, once I came, once I was on ship, though, I, I mean, honestly, I was still stressful. Again, because you don't know what's going to happen. You're just sailing around. And, God, I'm getting stressful right now just thinking about it. How did people entertain themselves? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, it depends. You know, I uh, when we were back in, in Camp Pendleton, I mean, we just hanged out like, you know, like, like, like a normal day. We'd go out to the bars. We'd drive up to Hollywood. I don't know why the fuck we would drive out to Hollywood. I mean, but yeah, we would drive to Hollywood. When I was right before I was 21, we'd go to Hollywood and just party up there. Uh, once I turned 21, though, I would just go to San Diego and go to the Gaslamp District. <clears throat> that place is super fun. We had this thing on Wednesdays where we would go out uh, two-stepping at In Cahoots in San Diego, which was right outside San Diego State University. And it was pretty much it was country night, um, but it was really fun. <laughs> that was the only bar that had two dollar shiners so all the texas boys we would all get along we would all hop in the same car and go out there in deployment i mean honestly i'd never watched so many movies i mean i guess now during this whole social distancing but you know we had a hard drive of movies and we would all pass them around and i probably shouldn't be saying that and then you know going to the gym on ship that was the biggest thing going to the gym on ship so what did i do when i was on leave when I would be on leave, I would obviously come to Houston to visit my family. I would always take like 10 days and it it would usually be around Christmas. So I'd come home for Christmas and New Year's. And I did that, you know, for, for three, four years. Uh, but that's how I spent my leave. I wouldn't come here in the summer, obviously, because it's fucking hot in Houston. Why would I come here when I'm like chilling in the beach in California and Laguna Beach, Dana Point, Huntington Beach? like. I'm not going to come down here in the summer. <laughs> now I live here, so now I have to put up with it. But, <clears throat> yeah, that's what I did on leave. So this next question is pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> do you recall any particular humorous or unusual event? So I do have one, actually. So while we were getting ready for deployments, uh, they picked out a few PFCs to go out to the field. And we were out in the field probably for like about a month without showering without hot food we were just eating mres it was honestly the worst of times but it was funny i mean it was pretty funny that that's not the funny part but we were we had found this bunker right because we i mean it was probably like eight of us maybe 10 and so pretty much what we were doing is we were going out to the field to help out the grunts but we were doing this thing called op four and so pretty much we were the we were the we were the bad guys. We were the the enemy. And so we would live in these uh combat towns where which you know they're like little mock towns of villages or whatever. And there were I mean they were obviously empty but you know the structure was still there, the buildings were there. And so we would live in them. But anyways, we had found this bunker and my my corporal, or I, I forgot who he was, but anyways, he 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 told me like there was a little there was a little tunnel under the bunker, and he's like, Alamon, go see what's down there," and I'm like, "I'm not gonna go down there," and he's like, "Oh, you're not gonna go down there," and I'm like, "Fine, fuck it, I guess, whatever." Give him a fucking flashlight. It was it was because it was it was already starting to get dark. It was uh, right at the peak of sunset, 
So I climbed down to the little tunnel with my, my buddy Oscar Mora. <laughs> and we, we go into this bunker. We're, we're taking the stairs down. And uh, we, we start hearing little noises. And I'm like, bro, do you, do you hear that? And he's like, stop being a bitch and just keep going. And I'm like, are you, sh- are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. So I'm walking in, and then I just start hearing wing flaps. And I'm like, bro, there's a fucking bat in here. And I just start running. Like, I climb back out of the little bunker, and I'm running. And there's, like, two or three bats behind me, and one of them's, like, stuck on my neck, just flapping his wings, trying to get away from me. But somehow we got stuck. And I'm freaking the fuck out. Like, I'm, I start unbuttoning my... <laughs> my blouse and and I'm trying to throw my shirt away and everyone's laughing. No one's even helping me out. Everyone's just laughing that this bat is stuck on me. (sighs) I was scared as fuck, but I mean, it was pretty funny now that I think back to it. (laughs) What were some pranks that you and others would pull on deployment? We would, you know, prank each other all the time. And so many pranks, anything you could think of, we did. If if I do a deployment episode, I'll, I'll talk about the pranks that I do there. So yeah, let's let's go on to the next question. So this next question says, "What did you think of officers and your your fellow Marines?" I mean, with any social group that you have, you know, you're gonna have your brightest, you're gonna have your your weirdos, you're gonna have your crazy, you're, you know, you're gonna have some crazy friends where you're like, "What the fuck?" So you kind of get a you know, you get a, a little bit of everything. You, you know, you, you got the jocks, you got the the nerds or whatever. I respected all of them. I 100% respected all of them because we all did something that, that took guts. And I mean, honestly, there were some guys where I would be like, you went through boot camp, you graduated from boot camp," <laughs> And they'll be like, yeah. And I'm like, all right. I mean, there were some conflicts here and there with some of them, but at the end of the day, we were brothers. You know, they're my brothers or they're my fellow sister. They're my, my fellow Marines, you know? So that's that's a little bit of that. So going on to this uh, next set of questions, this is this is these are catered more about life after service. Do you recall the day your service ended? I do. I do because I had applied to get out early because I wanted to go to school, and I wanted to move back to Texas. So I do recall that because I had applied for early release. I believe it was called the Marine Corps VERP program or something like that. I don't know. But I burped out and I remember filling out my my paperwork, my application, and I remember sending it to S1, sending it to headquarters Marine Corps. And I never heard from it like they never reached out to me ever at all. So one morning I'm checking my MOL because it said I had a new message. I check it. And what do you know? They replied and they said, you got five days to get out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so that whole week, I mean, I'm running to SIF. I'm running to, I'm running everywhere, man. I'm turning in all my gear. I'm turning, I'm checking out. I'm going to, I'm going to medical. I'm going to dental. I'm getting all my records together, making copies of everything. I'm just running around everywhere. Uh, but I remember being excited and I was excited for two things. One, I was getting out, but two, the World Cup was going on. And I remember that the day that I got out, my last day was the day that the U.S. Um, beat Ghana. It was like 3-1 or something. 
Clint Dempsey like scored a goal within within the minute of the game. It was it was awesome. But <laughs> but no, it was it was uh it was an exciting time because I was closing this chapter of my life and I was starting a new one. And truth be told, man, I didn't have money saved up. I had no idea what I was gonna do. I just knew that I was going to San Marcos and I was gonna see what's up out there. What did you do in the days and weeks afterward? I was staying with one of my friends. Um, she had a she had a spare room in her apartment, and she said, you know, just stay here as long as you want, as long as you need, until you're up on your feet, and and you could go back to Texas. I had probably about a hundred bucks, and I'm like, you know what? This is enough gas to get me to San Marcos. So I did. I took off. Once I got to San Marcos, I obviously didn't have any money. I didn't have, I didn't have a job. I didn't save any money because uh, I was 21, 22. So. You 21 and 22-year-olds out there save money, especially those in the military, because once you're out, you're fucking out, and the Marine Corps ain't going to take care of you anymore. I remember looking everywhere for a job. I couldn't find a job anywhere, and I remember passing out my resume at every store in the outlets, and nobody was hiring, but I ended up working at this boot, boot place called Texas Western Warehouse. Shout out, Texas Western Warehouse. And they gave me a job. I was hired that same day. <laughs> and it was awesome. And I ended up working there for three years. After that, like, it was just, I went from military life to broke college student. And within a snap, like, I was just, my whole life had changed. I was a broke student now. I was out there struggling. And it was awesome. <laughs> it was great. Not having to wake up early for PT or not having, you know, I mean, if I wanted to call in sick, I could have called in sick. Like, it was, it was awesome. So my life really flipped once I got to San Marcos. Did you work or, or go back to school? So I did both. Uh, I was working part-time in the outlets at the boot store, like I mentioned. And I went to school. Now, originally, I didn't get accepted to Texas State first. Mostly because I never, like like I mentioned at the beginning of this pod, I wasn't looking to go to college. So I never took the SAT, ACT. So Texas State's like, well, we can't let you in without, without you know, those scores. Luckily, you're a veteran and ACC can waive those um, scores. So they did. I went to Austin Community College. They waived all that. I didn't have to get placed into remedial English or anything like that. I went straight to 101. And it was great. I'm I'm so I'm so happy I went to ACC. I wasn't in a hurry to leave there. I mean, I, I was only there for a year, and I had to leave because of my major. But I would have loved to have gotten my my degree from there, my associates. I mean, that school was awesome. I was in the Riverside campus, the Kyle campus, and the Rio Grande campus. So three campuses. I had classes spread out through the city of Austin, and it was great. The pro- I loved my professors. I mean, these are small classrooms, so you're more intimate with your professor. <laughs> that sounded wrong, but <laughs> the classes are more intimate. You know, you get, to, you get more one-on-one time, and they're pretty cool. Was your education supported by the GI Bill? 100% it was. The GI Bill was sweet, so the only reason I worked was just to pay for my beer and food. The GI Bill covered my rent. It covered my bills, my insurance, like the GI Bill was gravy, but yeah, I used it. 
for you veterans out there, take advantage of the fucking GI Bill because that's one of the greatest things there is. Did you make any close friendships while in the service? Absolutely. Absolutely. I still keep in contact with all my homies. Uh, Thank God for social media because that's how we keep in touch. Every now and then we pick up the phone and call each other, but for the most part, we're always uh, messaging each other on Snapchat or Instagram. Uh, But I still keep in touch with those guys, all of them. Did you join any veterans organizations? I did. Well, on campus, I was part of the, the, well, I wasn't part of the VATS, but I would go to the VATS events. But uh, yeah, I mean, I tried staying involved on campus whenever I could. I mean, I was involved in so many organizations, but every now and then I would go support the the veterans uh, organizations, whatever they had on campus, I would go out there and, and support. What did you go on to do as a career after the service? Fantastic question. Fantastic. Great question. Absolutely love it. <laughs> what did I do? Uh, I'm an advertiser now. I'm an account exec and I'm liking it so far. So far it's been good. It's reminds me a little bit of the military just cuz it's it's fast paced. It never I mean every day is a different day, but it's pretty pretty cool. Pretty cool so far. Did your military experience influence your thinking about war or about the military in general? Yes, absolutely. I think now I have an idea of what's going on. I'm not too lost into it. I, I mean, I'm not a strategist. I, I'm not, a, you know, a combat strategist. I, I don't know what the right answer is or what the wrong answer is. Uh, but I can see where people are coming from, you know, when it comes to war or whatever. I I know what it's like to be in the, in the service, so I can relate to people like that. And, yeah. Do you attend reunions? So every now and then, actually, I, I haven't been to any reunion. I have visited um, friends. I ran into friends. Like not too long ago, I ran into a buddy here at the Galleria who I haven't seen in years. But maybe I should plan one. Maybe I should organize a reunion, huh? With the, with the homies? <laughs> uh, we'll see. That'd be great, though. It'd be great to put everyone in a room. You know, our spot used to be Buffalo Wild Wings in Orange County at uh, Mission Viejo. That was always uh, the spot. That's where we would all go after somebody got out. We would go out to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. How did your service and experiences affect your life? That is a fantastic question. Thank you for asking that. (laughs) Oh, man. Social distancing. Anyways, uh, everything. Everything about my life was changed because of the Marine Corps. My work ethic, uh, my view on life, uh, my political affiliation, everything. Everything was affected. And, you know, a lot of people always ask me, do you regret it? No, I don't regret it. I think the experiences that I learned, whether they were good or bad, I think um, shaped the person who I am today. I, I I have the spirit of the core in me. and. I don't like to give up easily. I like to work hard, and that's because of the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps, I remember when I got out, I was nervous. But I remember I would tell myself, worst comes to worst, I could put up a tent and set up camp somewhere, and I'm Gucci. (laughs) No doubt, like, it changed everything about me.
Is there anything you would like to add that we haven't covered in this interview? I think I want to do another podcast more about my deployment because I think a lot of people are going to be interested in that. I hope. Maybe I could do one on boot camp. Mm, I don't want to be, I don't want, I don't want all the podcasts to be about military or Marine Corps, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll cover something in a, in a, in a podcast later on. But overall, I mean, this was fun. I, I'm reminiscing a lot. I, I'm thinking of a lot of cool, funny stories that, that, uh, that I went through. So shout out to everyone that has served. And if you're interested in serving, reach out to somebody that served and ask them questions, get to know, get to know them and get to know their experiences. And maybe that's something that you might want to do. And if you don't, that's okay too. I'm not sure when my next topic is going to be out on my next podcast for this uh, social distancing series, <laughs> but it'll be fun. I hope you guys like this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. and. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. Remember, wash your hands and stay inside and only go out if needed. All right. See y'all next time.